The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. If you've uh, listened to the show before, welcome back. We thank you for, for returning and for supporting the program. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. My name is Ed Valentine, editor of Big Blue View, and your host for the Valentine's Views Podcast. We are coming to you on Thursday, March 4th, one day after your New York Giants started clearing some salary cap space for 2021 free agency by moving on from veteran wide receiver Golden Tate and from linebacker David Mayo. So let's start there with a discussion of those moves. Have to obviously spend most of our time talking about the Golden Tate uh, decision. This is obviously one that that was not a surprise at all. The the Tate signing four years, thirty seven and a half million dollars, uh, is obviously one that over its first two seasons really didn't work out for the Giants. Didn't work out for Dave Gettleman. Not really a good idea for the Giants to have given you know a, a wide receiver who was on the other side of 30 already that kind of money in a in a situation where they were a building or rebuilding franchise simply uh, hasn't worked out Tate you know missed four games in his first season with the Giants in 2019 serving a, a performance enhancing drug suspension missed a couple of games in 2020 ran afoul of of Joe Judge with some on-field antics, you know, screaming throw me the ball, things like that into the camera, you know, during a game, you know, when he was frustrated. So Tate was obviously a guy that the Giants were going to move on from. We've talked a lot this offseason about how the Giants have to upgrade their wide receiver uh, position. They could really use a number one wide receiver, whether that turns out to be someone like Jalen Waddell or Devonta Smith in the draft, whether it turns out to be a free agent like a Corey Davis or optimally a Kenny Galladay if if the Detroit Lions let him go uh, and enter the free agent market. The Giants have to upgrade that wide receiver position. 
And it's it's pretty obvious that Tate, who's had a really really good career, uh, simply you know is, is at a point where where he's at pretty much at the end of the line. Maybe he can still contribute, but he's not the player that he once was. And it's been obvious for a while that Tate simply didn't have a future in New York. So that move is obviously not a surprise. Really, neither is the uh, the cut of, of David Mayo. Mayo in 2019 had an excellent season for the Giants, filling in after an injury to uh to, to Ryan uh, to Ryan Phillips filling in there you know starting a lot of games having a a career season um, pretty much uh, the best season of his career and earned a three-year 8.4 million dollar contract which really was a one-year deal you know with uh, with two years of, of quote unquote window dressing on it. The Giants are moving on from Mayo, saving $2.3 million against the salary cap by doing so and incurring no dead money. So really, that tells you that when the contract was built, they looked at it really as a one-year deal. Mayo obviously had been bypassed uh, in the Giants' linebacker rotation. Guys like uh, Devonta Downs were getting more snaps than Mayo. Young players like like Carter Coughlin, Tay Crowder, Cam Brown, were all seeing increasing playing time, where uh, where Mayo, you know, was, was winding up, you know, behind those guys, winding up as a fill-in. You know, David Mayo is a, a, a nice guy, nice player, good special teamer, but not really the versatile, athletic linebacker that Joe Judge and Patrick Graham like. So the Giants moving on from him was really no surprise at all. And I'm sure that, you know, we are going to see more moves in in uh, salary cap type moves from the Giants. We haven't heard a decision yet on what the Giants will do with Nate Solder. We haven't heard a decision yet on what will happen with Kevin Zeitler. There could also be some other you know, smaller cuts and and contract restructures to try to to create more salary cap room, with the salary cap going down from 198.2 million to somewhere between 180 and 185 million. There will be cuts and there will be pain all across the league. I believe it's largely going to be felt by a lot of the the middle tier veterans. A lot of the older veterans, like a Golden Tate, who are still useful players but are making a lot of money and really probably aren't the players that they used to be, we're going to see a lot of surprising names hit free agency here over the next week or so as teams try to uh, try to clear cap space before free agency begins on March 17th. The other thing we have to talk about a little bit is the impending franchise tag deadline, which is March 9th. The Giants still have to decide whether to franchise tag Leonard Williams or not for a second straight year. Um, That would cost the Giants roughly $19.4 million against the cap. I've been pretty steadfast in my belief that I hope the Giants don't have to do that. Spending $19.4 million, which is roughly 12% of a cap that's around $182, $183 million, 
is going to put the Giants, who right now have roughly eight or nine million in cap space, going to put the Giants in a situation where it's going to be very, very difficult for them to do much of anything else in 2021 free agency. So I have my fingers crossed that uh, that the Giants can reach a deal with Leonard Williams, that the, that the franchise tag does not become necessary, because I think that that would really handicap the Giants' ability to continue to build an improved football team as they head into the second year of, uh, of Joe Judge's tenure as head coach. All right, Giants fans, what I want to do right now is play for you an interview that I was able to get with Illinois wide receiver Josh Bebe, who is a young man hoping to hear his name called in the middle to late rounds of the upcoming 2021 NFL Draft. We'll do that here in a moment after we take a short break for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and I'm joined now by special guest, Illinois wide receiver, Josh Bebe, who is hoping to hear his name called in the upcoming NFL draft. Josh, thank you very, very much for spending some time. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Ed. Hey, so... Um, let me start here with you. We'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the draft, talk a little bit about your, about your time at, at, at Illinois. Um, you, you participated in the hula bowl this year, right? Uh, yes, I was there. I was there. I was at the hula bowl. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's, that's a, a how was that experience for you just in terms of, uh, you know, of getting a chance to showcase yourself, maybe getting, uh, you know, getting around some, some NFL talent evaluators. 
Yeah, and no, I think that was uh, the main thing, uh, just because the the contact with NFL scouts and GMs and coaches are going to be limited this year. So the fact that uh, I guess Hula Bowl didn't really have any regulations in terms of who could come made it a great opportunity for me to go down there and meet with the scouts, you mm-hmm. know, because there is not going to be any in-person evaluations after pro day. So just the fact that I got some face-to-face and some time to talk with these scouts and open up to them and them to get a feel for who I am was uh, extremely valuable. You know, you, you look forward to throughout your college career, you look forward, you know, maybe to the NFL and, and to being drafted and, 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 and this whole draft process is, is it a little bit, is it a little bit of a letdown maybe that there isn't going to be a combine that there aren't going to be, you know, visits the way that there normally are, that it's, that it's so much, you know, so, so much more distance this time. Yeah. I mean, I guess just cause like most people didn't have this experience when it came their time, you know, they were able to go to the combine. And if you have, if you're somebody that's athletic and you're looking to test and shock and all people, um, yeah, that's something that I feel like I've been looking forward to like my whole life. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's not, you know, I wouldn't say it's not fair because everybody kind of is going through it in this, in this draft class, but it's definitely not what we had hoped or thought of when we were uh, thinking about getting to this point in our lives. So. Yeah. And I have to ask, you know, between the hula bowl and, and virtual meetings and all that, that I know a lot of you guys are, are doing with, with teams. Have you, have you had a chance to talk to the giants at all? Yes, I have. You have. Okay. At the hula bowl. Oh uh, yeah. I talked to them at the hula bowl. Yeah. A couple nice. Times. Nice. Yeah. I know uh, the giants, the giants could, could, could use some receiving help. So, uh, so, so that's good to hear. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. I did want to ask you, you know, you talked about, you know, testing at the combine and all of that. Uh, you know, I, I assume you're really looking forward to, to your pro day, you know, to, to put up some numbers and when, it, when is your pro day for Illinois? March 17th. March 17th. And uh, you, uh, you expect to put up some nice numbers there? Uh, yeah, I'm expecting to, uh, to do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> I know that, uh, I know everybody asks you about the vertical jump and all that. Are you, do you ever get tired? And, and what we're talking about is you putting up the 47 one, I think as a high school senior in the vertical jump, uh, you know, video that, that went viral. And I guess the, the, the question that I have related to that is, do you ever get tired of being known as the vertical jump guy? Uh, yeah, I do. Just because like, I feel like that was so long ago, honestly, like coming up in this July, that's like six years ago. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. From that, I don't want the pinnacle of my athletic tour to be something that I did when I was 17. Like I want to keep on rising, you know, um, right. I do feel Illinois might not be as marketed as other schools like USC. Cause USC was the first school that I went to that a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that I did, especially my junior year did go under the radar, if you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. So I want as a football player, because look, like when I'm in the NFL, like, yeah, you'll jump up for, for jump balls, but it, it, it's that's not the only thing that you're going to do as a receiver. You're going to have to block, mm-hmm. you're gonna catch, you're going to have to run routes, you know, if they need to be on special teams, you're going to have to do that. So that's just one part of my game, and I don't want to be known as just that. Um, I do like to be commended for my athletic ability because I do feel like that's one of my, um, my strengths that I have to my game, but that's not the only thing that I have, and I'm looking to show that this program. And hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully you have a good pro day. Hopefully you'll, you'll show scouts that, uh, you know, that, uh, that you're more than that and that you're more than, uh, 
than just a guy that can jump a little bit. Um, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned USC, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on USC, but I saw something that you said in an interview, um, which I am guessing had something to do with your time at USC, that that at times football had been a bit of a grind for you and, and maybe that you know, that you've reached a point where, where you've, where you had chances to give up maybe. Um, are you talking about USC or, or, you know, you'd be talking about, uh, you know, just, just trying to get an opportunity at Illinois or, or uh, you care to elaborate on any of that? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I just, I mean, I feel like there was a lot of inertia that I had to overcome at SC in order to kind of be in the spot that I wanted to be in and in my college career. Um, so yeah, it, it is a grind when you feel like you have to maybe overcome maybe more obstacles than the people that you're competing with might have to, you know, being all the way from Georgia, cause that's where I went to high school competing with like a lot of the local guys, um, that were out there that they got to see grow up through, you know, middle and high school. And, you know, they just have kind of pipelines to, to other schools. So yeah, I definitely felt like, you know, I had more pressure, if you will, and kind of less room for air if you will. Um, so yeah, it just, it just felt like there was a never ending, um, you know, pressure and I had to learn how to, um, you know, kind of keep it moving, even though, you know, the situations necessarily weren't, um, optimal for me at, at times. So. And you, so thank you for that. Thank you for that answer. Appreciate that. Um, you know, I was looking at your, you know, I was looking at, at your stats and at your career and your time at, at Illinois and I guess what I want to ask you, you had kind of a breakout year in uh, 19, you know, nice, really nice year. Um, I think 30 some catches, 19 yards of catch, nine touchdowns. Um, you know, if an NFL team comes in and asks you and says, Josh, explain to me the difference between your 2019 season and why 2020 might not have been as productive, you know, at least statistically, um, how do you, how do you explain that? Or how do you answer that question and, and tell people that, that in your view, 2019 is the kind of player that you are? hundred percent. I would even just say 2019 is the type of player I am. I feel like I'm even better than what 2019 showed. Um, again, uh, I just felt like it was suboptimal how we began the season. And I was battling a couple injuries before the season. I had meniscus surgery. And a week before we started training camp for the season, I pulled my hamstring. So when we got to, you know, the week where we played Wisconsin, I didn't necessarily have a great game, but I didn't necessarily feel like I was prepared. But I knew that my team needed me. So um, I came out and gave it everything I got. That next week, our quarterback, um, Brandon Peters, got COVID right? The Thursday before we played our, our second game and Big Ten protocol is that, you know, you're out for 21 days at least, right? So game two, game three, game four, he was out. And during those times, like my stats obviously weren't anywhere close to where I wanted them to be. And um, we weren't really passing the ball that much. Our offensive coordinator kind of went away from the pass um, just because I don't know if it was a comfort level issue or whatever it was, but obviously I'm going to be hurt because of that. And then he didn't come back till game five versus Nebraska where I had a great game. That was the best game I'd had, up, you know, since he had left, you know, and I had a touchdown and had a couple really key receptions and we ended up blowing Nebraska out. And then the next game, I think we played, um, who was it? I think it was Iowa. I think that was game six. And, um, did well versus Iowa, 
you know, had, you know, a touchdown and a, 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 like a pretty nice catch where the defender was, was draped over me. And we posed to play Ohio State that next week. Ohio State canceled because they had COVID issues. And then our coach got fired, you know, and our team started to crumble apart and there was issues internally and whatnot. And for, for the Penn State game, I just decided to opt out and declare for the NFL draft and just kind of, you know, focus my attention um, to, to the next steps in my career. So it just was, it was just a very, a very inconsistent season to where I wasn't really able to generate the momentum that I carried on here before and really honestly show what, what I know I can show. But, you know, I believe in myself and I know when I'm given the opportunity, I'm going to take it and run with it. So, yeah. And I believe you're working out at, at Exos in, uh, in Arizona. Yeah. And I, if I, if I read correctly, um, there's also some NFL guys there uh, working out as well that, that you're, that you're, you've gotten kind of friendly with. Am I, am uh, I right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, DK Metcalf, one of those guys. 100%. I mean, I, I've known DK since actually the opening when I did the 47 one jump, he was on my seven on seven team. He won the championship. So we've been close, honestly, since then, we've been friends mm-hmm. ever since, um, since, you know, he was at Ole Miss and I was at USC and we just message each other and kind of encourage, encourage each other. And, um, yeah, support each other's journey and whatnot. So yeah, it's great to see. I mean, I, I'm so proud of everything that he's been able to do these last two years in the NFL and kind of, you know, show what wasn't able to be shown to the, to the full, to its capacity in college. And honestly, it gives me a lot of hope and, and encouragement in that, look, Hey, you can be undervalued or you can have not reached your potential in, in, in college, but it, the ball doesn't stop there. You know, the journey continues. And if you are in the right system and, you know, you take advantage of your opportunities, you can, you know, rewrite your story. And, and I was just going to ask along that line, is that kind of the message maybe or the advice maybe that, that, that he might give you, you know, as you enter this whole, uh, the whole draft process? Yeah, no, he even told me, man, like bet on yourself. Cause I asked him, you know, I was kind of like, man, like, dude, like you broke your neck the last season and you didn't have a complete season. Like what was telling you like, go, like, do you think that if you would have stayed for your retro junior year, that you would have been undoubtedly like a first round pick. Because honestly, I didn't care about any of that. I knew that I was ready mentally and I bet on myself. You know what I mean? And you have to believe in yourself just because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters, you know? Um, and like, because people, they can't really, they can't see the thoughts that are going in your mind. They can't see you the way that you see yourself, but eventually they will, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you see yourself in a good way or whether you see yourself in a bad way, mm-hmm. you know, which the truth is eventually going to come out. So as long as you believe in yourself, man, there's not really a wrong decision. So that's what gave me the confidence, even though I knew that, look, I didn't have the season that I knew that I wanted to have. But at the end of the day, I don't want to come back to college for six years. And I know that I'm ready to take on whatever the NFL has. So, yeah. So you are, I believe, 6'2", 220, right? Uh, or thereabouts? Yeah. Or minus, yeah. Plus or minus. So, so close to that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, 6'2", 220 fluctuates around that. Yeah, up yeah. and down. Yep. So just tell me, you know, I, I watched a little bit of, I watched a little bit of your tape, you know, big, strong guy, you know, good at the catch point, a lot of contested catches, um, you know, all of that. Just give me, give me the scouting report on, on what a team's going to get if they, you know, once they bring you in into their program. Yeah, they're going to get a guy that, you know, um, I heard this quote one time that says he who thinks he is, too big to do small things is really too small to, to do big things, you know? So I'm going to go in with open arms, whatever it is that they need me to do, I'm going to do. And I'm just ready to build truly, 
you know, um, and re really, really just to kind of accept, you know, any opportunity that's that's there, you know, and take advantage of it. So, but yeah, in, in terms of like what I'm like a receiver, somebody that attacks every single thing that he does, right? And I'm someone that's a perfectionist and it's going to work relentlessly until I get where it is that I want to go. So I guess the scouting report is somebody that's resilient, somebody that won't give up and somebody that um, will get eventually where he wants to get to. Yeah, I, I'm curious also, um, the last two seasons at Illinois, do you have a favorite play, favorite catch, sort of, you know, favorite moment that, that stands out in your mind? Yeah, um, we had good moments as like a team, like when we upset Wisconsin and I had the go-ahead touchdown or the touchdown that led to the interception and then the field goal that we upset Wisconsin when they were number six in the country. And, you know, we had another good moment where we came back uh, to beat um, Michigan State when we were down, uh, was it 28 to three, you know, and we came back and you had a couple touchdowns at 178 yards. And I had the fourth and 17 conversion that, you know, enabled us to get in the red zone and score. But my favorite play, honestly, was really the beginning of when I, I feel like they started to really know what I can do was when we played in Eastern Michigan. And it was fourth and 17 again. And we were at our goal line. It's not like we were at the 50 yard or the 30 yard. We we're at our goal line. And I converted and I had three back to back to back catches. Um, and the last catch that I had was a touchdown. And I actually jumped and stretched over a pylon um, after kind of getting like about to be tackled around like seven yards. I muscled my way through and scored and tied the game, you know. And I feel like that was kind of the beginning of my upward ascension my junior year to where I got a little bit more opportunity than I'd had in the in the first game. So definitely I'd say that that was probably my favorite series. And that play of me extending over the goal line was my favorite play. Nice. Nice. Um, you think, uh, you know, you, you've kind of said it already, but you think maybe um, your best football, your, your, your best production, the, the best version of you as a receiver is, is still yet to come? I think 100%. Like I said, I don't even feel like I've tapped into half of what I can do. Because, again, it's all about momentum. And I generated decent momentum, I feel like, my junior year. Um, and I was honestly looking to really double or even triple kind of the numbers that I had put up then um, in, in my senior year, but obviously with COVID and just kind of starting to stop. And like, look, like Illinois is a program. It's not like um, Clemson. It's not like Alabama. It's not like Ohio State. Like these, these programs are just, they have the system of winning. So we really needed that offseason. Like we had five guys that were up for uh, the Reese Senior Bowl. Myself, Doug Kramer, Brandon Peters, Nate Hobbs, and Milo Eifler. And we had 17 out of 20, 22 uh, returning starters. So we had a lot of momentum in the offseason. And then with COVID not being able to do spring practice, not being able to do really a full summer, then, then starting the season, them stopping, and then them starting it again. And then me, myself, having to get meniscus surgery, having, um, you know, I pulled my hamstring. And, and came, like it just, there was too much stops in the momentum for us to really kind of get the generation going. You said, well, other teams were experiencing it. Well, if you look at it, the teams that were usually the best teams did well this last season just because they have had enough momentum generated in the past to allow them to just keep on going. Us, we needed that in order to kind of take advantage of, you know, the special pieces that we had on the team that year. So, again, I mean, I just accept it as, you know, every setback is really set up for a major comeback. So, I mean, I'm just allowing whatever it is to be and just use it to fuel me to, um, you know, reach new even newer uh levels of heights hey, just a couple of uh, a couple of of sort of non-football questions here before i let you go i was reading you already have a master's degree 
in strategic brand communication. What does a person do with a degree in strategic brand communication? Because I hadn't heard of it until I read it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, it might be a newer degree. It's a degree that's in the business school that, uh, you know, takes some disciplines for media, um, obviously, like for marketing and um, some strategy in business and um, you know, communications as well. So I feel like you can do whatever it is that I feel like you want to. If you can enter any, any of those three disciplines, um, or you can just use it as, as head knowledge just to kind of understand how to communicate, you know, with, with people and understand brands a little bit better. So, yeah, it was just something that I thought I would be really interested in. And I was. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good experience getting to learn these last couple of week months. Well, and I was just curious, you know, after football, away from football, um, what, you know, what, what might you, uh, what might you like to do with you, with, with your life, you know, once, once football's done? Yeah, man. And I, I know, I definitely know, feel like I'm, I'm still kind of like figuring, figuring that out. I don't, I can't say that I have like all the answers together, but I'm just going to allow whatever desires up well in me to kind of lead me, you know, because as of right mm -hmm. now, like so much of my focus has been in football. And while I do have some things that I like, I don't feel like I've allowed them to be uncovered enough to where I'd be able to say, oh, I'm really passionate about this. Or I'm really passionate about that. Like I've just been focused on really just kind of making sure that I'm able to give football everything that I got and, you know, you know, take advantage of kind of all of the things that are offered to me when I'm there. But up until then, I can't tell you what exactly the plan plan B will be when that time comes, I'll be able to let you know, but it hasn't yet. So I don't have it. And hopefully you won't need that plan B for a while. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, Josh, I really appreciate your spending some time. Good luck at the pro day. Uh, good luck in the uh, good luck in the draft. And if you if you happen to land with the Giants, then uh, maybe one of these days we'll actually get to uh, to talk to you in person instead of uh, having to do this over Zoom. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. I appreciate you. Ed. Thank you for having me on the show. Hey, thanks for coming on. All right. We'll talk to you again. Bye bye. And that's our show for today, Giants fans. As always, we thank you very, very much for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Rate, review, comment where possible. Let us know how you think we're doing. Also wanted to thank you guys for supporting Big Blue View on all of its other app on all of its other platforms. Our website, our Twitter handle. We're at Big Blue View, just past 28,000 followers. Our Instagram page, our Facebook page, our YouTube channel. We thank you for uh, consuming content from Big Blue View wherever you find it. All right, Giants fans, as always, please remember to uh, take care of each other, stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye now.